Cloud Governor, a podcast that can scientifically cure what ails you. Except cancer. Yeah, we we don't cure cancer, sorry. Really hoping the recording doesn't fuck up, but knowing this, knowing my luck, maybe it will, maybe it won't, but you know what? Who 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 cares? Welcome to well, welcome to um the day before Halloween episode special edition episode extravaganza of Hello Governor the podcast. As usual, I am your host Abdullah, and I'm Tom. And be I couldn't record last week because I had an emergency. Like at at the moment I I I the moment I was setting up. Like, bam, an emergency came up, and I, I was like, oh, shit, I gotta take care of this. And that's why there was no, um, there's no new episode last week. The episode, I mean, for those that were smart enough to realize that I recorded that episode with Sam, that the, I uploaded last week, the Halloween show, was a pre-recording, and good on you. And if you couldn't figure that out, then you're an idiot. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> the magic of recording shit ahead of time. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it does work out to you sometimes in the long run, but then sometimes it can bite you in the ass. But yeah. who knows? Yeah. <laughs> so, with that being said, DuckTales. And there's going to be a lot of DuckTales this week, so if you're not into that shit, skip an, skip an hour in. Because <laughs> this is going to be a long talk about DuckTales. <laughs> Whoever thought it can speak so much about ducks. Dude, you and I, I remember you and I, one time we were talking on Skype for 40 minutes about TMNT. Like, nonstop. Oh, cool, no, yeah. Nothing changed. It was just like 40 minutes of TMNT talk. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It was amazing. It was the best time ever. <laughs> so, um, you know, here's our weekly um, discussion of DuckTales. Spoiler alert, I love both these episodes. I think both these episodes are the highlights of the season so far. Yeah, and, I... And, uh, well, let's get started. Uh, Terror of Mark Beak, uh, the, ter- the in- internship of Mark Beaks. This episode was awesome, start to end. I have little complaints about it. Probably the only episode I think I have l- zero complaints about so far. Yeah. I mean, I thought, uh, Mark's, uh... Mark Beaks, um, voiced by um, Josh Brenda, I think that's how you pronounce his surname. Um, I thought he did a really good job as Mark Beaks. I really liked him. He played that that semi-modern post-douchebag, if you know what I mean, hipster, wants to be a hipster. He is the hipster. He has the money to do it. And I think he did a fantastic job in the role. And I think the way they portray Mark Beak and how they portray corporations trying to be hit modern core and all that sort of stuff. I thought that was very well done. And I liked the whole message of the whole episode when he said his whole side company was built on hype, which is kind of true in modern day society. You know, everything's going to be built on hype. Yeah. I love this episode because it, it poked fun (laughs) at, at millennials and was relentless about it. Oh god, yeah. And 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 speaking as an older millennial, I, I'm not gonna shy away from this. I fucking hate my generation. I think my generation is like some of the most, just awful people of a- any generation. And I'll say that yeah. r- right now, because we we have become so, so obsessed with technology and 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 social media status, 
and and we just kind of forget that and it and that kind of stuff kind of takes away from our empathy because we care more now we now live in a world where we care more about social um media presence than we do you know real world presence yeah i mean it's like when people start using the terms of influencer and stuff like that to get more connected with people and how we react to stuff on social media and technology is quite a big thing um which is kind of sad unfortunately but it's the sad truth but and this episode highlights that quite heavily in the sense and i like the whole idea of the episode there's a basically that mark beats is just about to become a billionaire and he joins the billionaire club and the only other two members of the billionaire club are Scrooge and Glomgold. And 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 I'll, I'll say this right now, Glomgold is hands down the funniest character on the show. Oh god! Yeah. And I will debate anyone who says otherwise. Yeah, I just I, I love I love that conversation I with Scrooge and Scrooge. Well, I don't know if we're gonna get a shark from it. I have a guy. He works with sharks. <laughs> I know a great shark guy. <laughs> we can use him. Let me say. And I just, I just love the fact where basically when they were both like talking about each other and then Scrooge went, hang on a minute, this is going to cost money. He went, oh, don't worry, Scrooge. We, I, you can use my yacht. And I love the fact that, that, that you, you hear you, it cuts back to, um, Glomgold laughing maniacally and, and saying, and saying all this villainous stuff and just Scrooge is sleeping. And then he's like, and then he wakes up and he's like, oh, now, now I'll explain the plan. He's like, what? <laughs> Yeah. No, Scrooge, you gotta realize that, you know, evil monologuing is part of the, is part of, um, is part of the business, and you got a lot to learn about that. <laughs> so, yeah. he, so I basically just spent an hour just monologuing. It's just like that whole joke from The Incredibles. He started monologuing. And it's literally like, yeah, it was, yeah, he was just monologuing the whole entire time. Oh, and I uh, love and I love the joke where he comes back to the billionaires club and he just finds Glomgold there. And he's like, "Did you spend the night here?" No. <laughs> and he kicks away the pizza box. Which <laughs> is hilarious. Yeah. The other joke, which I thought was was quite funny, but at the same time, I just thought, "Oh my god, I know people like this." It's the bit when um, Mark Beeks gets his coffee and. He said, like, like, hang on a minute, it's this time, it's one minute out. He said, I don't want my coffee at that time, at a minute earlier, two minutes earlier, or an hour earlier. I want my coffee bang on the time. This is not right. And I went, oh my God, I know people like that. Oh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like that. When if, when if someone gives me a, a specific time, I will show up at that time. And I, I remember once getting angry at someone. <laughs> I remember once, like seriously, get, get, getting angry at someone for showing up 15 minutes late. <laughs> Yeah, and I—I I mean, I said to them like, "Meet me at 12. It's like, okay, and I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm at twelve. I'm—I'm I'm there at twelve, and I'm like waiting for them, waiting for them, waiting for them. Like 15 minutes later, they show up, and it's like, and I told them, "You told me to meet you at 12. I know I was here since 12." And they're like, "Oh, did I? Huh? Yeah. Must have slipped my mind." <laughs> it's like the other the other joke I thought what they did with him was quite funny. It's the bit when um. Was it? Um, I can never remember which which one's which. Uh, it, uh, this one focused on Huey and Dewey. 
Dewey. I think it was Dewey that had the um, briefcase. Yeah, oh, I love that joke where you're like, okay, what's in the briefcase? What's in the briefcase? And the payoff is like, you find out, oh, he stole it from Glomgold, and and <laughs> and it makes sense because Glomgold, you know, doesn't really give a shit about about his surroundings. And literally, he just pops it open, and like, it actual payoff in there is like tons and tons of money. I love that. It's just so hilarious. Oh. It's like, why, why did you get a briefcase with with that t- with that with that much money in it from the billionaires club? That that place really needs better security. Security. Oh, speaking of um, brief- the briefcase, the guy who opened it, uh, Falcon Graves. Oh, I I loved him. I love his character because for a one joke character, he works because he's supposed to be the serious badass. And Beeks is just completely not threatened by him whatsoever, and it and it's just so just fucking hilarious. Like it's just comedy gold, so well done. Because yeah. two reasons, and here's the twist: Beeks hired him to, to to steal a product, to steal from him to make his product, you know, seem more valuable. And then we find yeah. out that the product is literally nothing. And I oh, thought that, that was, was I thought I thought that was brilliant. And I really like Beeks' character because, and I want to say this right now, what I love about the reboot uh, compared to, to the original is that our villains stand out a lot more in that they all, they just want, they, all of them have one thing in common and that well, all of them want their own goals first. None of them are interested in world domination and I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot because it fleshes them out a lot better than, than your typical, oh, I just want to conquer the world type character. But then again, when you really think about it, has, has DuckTales ever had a character that really wanted to take over the world? I think only to Magicka, and that's it. But even Magicka, you know, only want, well, yeah, well, there was the episode where Scrooge went into the future and she had taken over Duckburg, so. That's what I mean. She's the only character, but again, if you only have one villain, that's, that's their one goal. Good on you. You know, yeah, but I like the fact that they all stand out. I mean, we have the Beagle yeah, Boys exactly. who are we have the Beagle Boys who are into um, petty crime. We have Magica, whose motives are still unknown, but she is obviously the main antagonist for the season. Yeah. We have Glomgold, who is just you know this this episode was brilliant in that it showed just how fucking petty Glomgold actually is as a person. Oh, he's he's basically he's a justness who basically wants to take over everything by any means necessary. He wants to get rid of his rivals yeah. over the most petty shit imaginable. And yeah. keep in mind, he goes through this elaborate, elaborate, um, revenge scheme to kill, to kill Beaks. All because Beaks played a dubstep remix song that he didn't know how to turn off. And he wanted to double cross Scrooge because he beat him in a staring competition early on in the episode. And I think that's brilliant because it just shows you just how goddamn petty this version of Glomgold actually is. It's funny. It's uh, like, he's, he's not like slapstick or humor sort of thing. It's just like the little subtle things like that. It will makes him a funny character, which I like. Um, oh my God. I, I mean, I just thought overall this was a very good episode. Going back to um, Falcon Graves for a second. Um, the guy who voices him was really good. Oh, Rob, um, Robin Atkin Downs. Yeah. Oh, he's really good. And it's even more hilarious if he actually played uh, Metal Gear F- uh, Solid 5. He uses his Kaz voice for Falcon Graves, which is hilarious. <laughs> I 
I noticed that. It's like the super serial character for the whole entire episode, and then he just loses his shit at the very end of it when he found out that the project was actually just a hype train. You oh, and, like, and I swear to God, I love what I love about this show is that I did not point this out in previous episodes, but th- there are some really fucked up dark jokes in this show. Oh, God, they are, yeah. There was the in in the pilot, um, Glomgold is happily is happy about killing children and it's played yeah. for laughs. In the in the Beagle Boys episode, the debut of the Beagle Boys episode, we actually see children playing hopscotch on an outline of a dead body. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm okay. shocked that something that dark made it into a Disney cartoon. Dude, yeah. Or was it the other one? Um, I know this one a bit more on the nose. The bit when the uh, mad scientist, uh, when the robot goes insane and stuff like that, and when Scrooge basically tells his lawyers, the vultures, um, just telling where, yeah, we're for fire, they're going to come back and actually get us instead. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's a bit dark, but. And, and and here and and this is like, but this one here is like the hands down the darkest joke of the series so far. They actually. Beaks, Beaks actually commits suicide. Oh God! Yeah, he did. When um, they he keep um, because they had a recurring joke in this when Falcon keep breaking all his phones, and, and then he and then he's like, and, and then he's like, he has like one last phone, and then yeah. because because Beaks is so vain, uh, Dewey grabs his phone and then writes, uh, I have a, I have a, a my my head looks like a butt on on Twitter. And he's like, yeah, come on, man. He is. At first, he's not phased by it, but then and he got like a thousand likes. Yeah, like a or something like that. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then he chucks the phone, in and Beaks just jumps out a- a- after it in slow motion. Writes hashtag yo. <laughs> oh yeah, that's it. Yeah. Oh my god, it, it does have very subtle dark humor, which I like, and I think that's in some ways that. For the older fans, they will find that a lot more funnier than younger, younger or newer fans. Like the, that's the thing. Like the guy's about to crash. The, the guy, the guy's like to, is is going to go splat on the on the pavement, and the only thing he cares about isn't his own life, but his social media presence. Yeah, pretty much, which sums up um, our generation and newer gen- and the current generation, which is kind of sad. And I thought that was brilliant. And I love the fact that they actually play a knockoff song, a parody song of the song that plays at the end of the social network, which I thought was fucking hilarious that they did oh, that. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah, there was tons of references to social media and all that sort of thing and networking and, you know, I just thought it very good. I thought Mark's Beat's whole office scheme was interesting, like, because there were stories about this. I think with Google was that the fact that they use slides to get down from places. Apparently there's some offices that do that. Oh, they, they made, they made a lot of fun of Google in this yeah. version where they had the, like the slides, the, what was the it? Trampolines. Yeah. The trampolines and, and the, the wa- and, and the waddle hats, which are yeah, hilarious. Waddle, waddle I, I love the fact that Graves at one point stops what he's doing and says, okay, if we're going to fight, can we at least take off these silly hats, please? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and the dope. Which I love because it's just, it's hands down, I think this is like probably like up there with my top five favorite episodes of the season so far. 
Like very oh, little, sure. very little complaints about it. Very little complaints. I, I, I have very few complaints about this episode. My, I think my, my only complaint about it was probably, um, but again, I think I've kind of learned this now with this season. It's that you're not going to get Donald in every single episode. You're not going to get much of Scrooge. You're not going to get much of Launchpad or Miss Beakley and stuff like that. They're very, when, when you get a certain group of characters in one episode, you know, you're going to get those characters. You're not going to see the other characters, you know? And, and I, and I like that because again, it focuses on fleshing out, you know, the nephews themselves because yeah. again, I'm going to go back to this because this is one of, this is probably like one of my biggest fucking complaints about the original series is that they, I, I hated the fact that the nephews are just like one character. Yeah. And I love the fact that they, that they're giving, I know a lot of people complain about, about, oh, why didn't they do adventures, adventures, adventures? I honestly think, what they're doing is smart with these episodes. They're these episodes are kind of needed to flesh out this these incarnation of the characters, because you got to remember these aren't the same characters from the from the nineteen eighty eighty seven series. And you kind of need you, you kind of need to tell the audience that you kind of need to introduce your version of these characters and 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 make them and develop them on their own. And because of that, not every story is going to be an adventure. You know, yeah, and and they and 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 again, they said, you know, one of the shit, one of the writers said, like, Disney was airing the the episodes out of order, and they they even admitted that that there was an episode that they were, you know, that that they're that's still in production, that was written during that that that's still in the process of being complete. That will, you know, that that is an adventure episode, so. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I, I don't mind that. It's like a thing a lot of people seem to forget as well. When you go back and watch the original DuckTales, they weren't that many grand adventures as you think they were. Oh, God. Know? Magic episodes are the best example of this. Yeah. Magic episodes are very self-contained, and um, that seemed to, re- seemed to be repeating that formula again a little bit. Um but but this incarnation of magic in this this one you know we kind of have to build her up as the as the main threat and we, yeah. it's, again it's still too early we don't know what what her and, and Lena's end goal are and I'm kind of interested to see where that goes. No, I mean, the thing I got from this episode is that I like Mark Beeks. I want to see more of him. I like Falcon Grave. I would like to see him pop up again at some point later on down the line, and they haven't done that much wrong with this show so far um my only thing is i hope they go back to the dahlia storyline soon in some not even just a reference you know that's my only thing but yeah overall i think it's a good episode yeah i think this is like one of my highlights of the season i think this episode is just close to perfection as, as, as you can get because we had a great villain we had some great development for for Huey and uh, Huey and Dewey, mm-hmm. and we got a lot of great Glomgold moments, especially the ending. Oh my god, the ending was great! Oh, when he wearing that wig and everything like that, and you realize, hang on a minute, that beard's not real. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. He, he basically thought, okay, he's, he's going to take the hair off the like like the silly hair off, but no, he just puts on his beard. I'm like, oh my god, his beard's not real. And I'm kind of wondering. <laughs> I'm kind of wondering, is this incarnation of, of Glomgold even Scottish? Because he pulled off a really good American accent in his um, in his disguise, in his disguise. 
So I would, I would know. love if if it if that was the whole entire joke of this of this glum goal. He's not even Scottish. Because again, for those that don't realize, this these are all these these jokes are references to the fact that Glomgold in the original comics was South African, but Disney had but Disney was worried that that would you know create some political mumbo jumbo at the time. So they're like, okay, change his character completely. So they had to change him from South African to Scottish, and they made him and they and to to, to illustrate the point that he's Scottish, they put him in a kilt and made him speak in a thick Scottish accent so you could get that he was Scottish. Oh god, yeah, I remember. And, I mean, that was the joke in in the, in the pilot episode where he's like, he thinks he's so rich and so Scottish, but look at me, I'm wearing a kilt. That's a that's a reference to. To the fact that Glomgold's character was changed so much, and from the comics to the um, to the TV series. Oh yeah, definitely. So yeah, this was a great episode. Can't really complain about it. Moving on to the next episode. Uh, what was it? The the Crypt of to what was it? what was it called? The Mummy the, episode. <laughs> the Living Mummies of Tomb Ra. I again. For all the people who complain about adventure episodes, here you go. Here's an honest to god adventure episode. And it was pretty great. I really liked this episode. This was another highlight of the season for me. Oh god, this was such a fun episode. I thought um good thing is that basically they finally got an adventure episode out, um, which I thought was fun. Um it was in the Egypt one. And I've got to say, the thing that took me off about this Egypt episode, they did a twist on it, which I wasn't expecting. And I thought, okay, are they going to, okay, what's the payoff? And I'm like, oh no, wait, here's the real twist, twist. And I'm like, oh my god, that's actually kind of clever and funny. And I, I just, it's just like one thing after another with this episode. Like, okay, I wasn't expecting that. Okay, I wasn't expecting that. Okay, now you're done twists on that, on that cliche that they did. And I'm like, okay, I really liked it. They did a lot of stuff that you would normally see. And also, I love that my favorite line in it is, is, um, Scrooge saying, Wow, this is probably the this is probably the worst rebellion I ever been a part of. I love this episode a lot because it has it, it has like you think it's just gonna be like about a, about them going into a tomb and finding a mummy, but that's not what it is. They go into a tomb, they find this secret society of of people who who've been living in this tomb for eons, and I and and bonus points for the for the designers for making them all jackals and um. And Hawks. Oh, yeah. yeah. I thought that was fucking great character design because again, it's Egypt and, you know, they're all jackals and, and, uh, and falcons. Hawks and Falcons. Oh. And they find the secret society who were, who again are dumb as shit. And I love that. I love the fact that they are dumb as shit. I just, I just love the fact that Scrooge was trying to convince them. To start a rebellion, and it was Launchpad that actually convinced them. What is this burrito? <laughs> so, and it's Cruz like, I can't, I can't, can't believe this actually happening. <laughs> and I love him. And Launchpad was great in this episode because, again, he he's the one who started the rebellion uh, because he was he couldn't stop eating burritos all the way through. Yeah, <laughs> and I lo- and I love that because. Scrooge tells them about all the wonders about the outside, and they're like, yay! <laughs> and then they see Launchpad eating a burrito, and he's like, oh, what's this? <laughs> it's just so hilarious. I love the um, 
the other bit I love as well, when they do finally convince them and they start training them to attack Ra, and it just goes horribly, horribly wrong, the attack, because the bit you see before when they're training up was it, Dewey's trying to teach them the thrower dance move, and Launchpad look like he's doing some army drills. You're like, wow, Launchpad, I can't believe you're actually taking something serious for once. I know, right, Mr. McDee? And then it just zooms out, and it, you see, like, all of them practicing how to do giant burritos instead. And what was it? Um, I like the fact that Dewey's plan was like, okay, act like mummies, and, and Scrooge is like, you do realize Tothra's a mummy, right? <laughs> yeah. And the other thing i love about it when the jackal lady that they keep talking to all the time keeps saying well he has this he has laser eyes he has little scallops that little spice uh, uh, they tell him they tell him stuff and he's like how do you know this well he, he's obviously great and then he find, and then the payoff is like oh all that stuff is true <laughs> oh, yeah. he can sort the scallops he can shoot laser eyes um Okay, how do you feel about? And this is the part where I think a lot of people are more, uh, a lot of people are decisive about this episode. What did you think about the um, uh, Louis and 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 uh, Webby subplot? I thought it was fine for what it was. I thought it was okay. It progressed the story what it needed to. It did have some really annoying bits. I would say it did get a little bit irritating, but not to the point of the original show did sometimes when they did do these little Webby side plot things. I, again, I like this incarnation of Webby. I like the fact that she's the adventurer for once and not, you know, not the tag along like she was in the original series, which I don't know yeah. why people, I don't know why people could prefer the original Webby over this Webby. I just don't, I get, don't it. get it. I don't, I don't get it. It's, it's because the parody to Gravity gravity falls that's the only reason why people are still making those comparisons still making those complaints and i mean she's but she's really not like mabel i know i i know but people still making those those comparisons which i still don't understand personally Uh, same here um i understand that this was like the most decisive part of the episode and i kind of agree with people like i i kind of wish that they kind of would have well not cut down on it but like Write a little bit better jokes with them, because I think that there are a lot of op- missed opportunities with with the two of them, especially considering their history together. But for what it was, you know, it helped. It helped uh, move the plot forward, and it helped. Um, it helped develop. Uh, it helped to d- uh, strengthen the relationship between uh, Louis and and Webby. And I like that. And like I said before, you know, you kind of need to develop these characters because they aren't they aren't like the um, the original characters at all. No, I mean they they need to reestablish these characters. They need to develop them, and they need to um, give them their own identity and personalities, which they are doing very very well at the moment. Yeah, and, and to be honest, this is their one was it second hiccup? I would say. Uh, yeah, I mean. So far, I think to me, my least favorite, my two least favorite episodes of the of the season so far are the Beagle Boys birthday episode, not not the birthday episode, the the the, the what was it, the day, what was that, the day trip of doom, and the yeah. House of Lucky Gander. Those are my two least favorite episodes of the season so far. Yeah, but everything else is so great, and I like this episode a lot because. Again, it's classic DuckTales episode 101 where they go on an adventure and it feels like an adventure. It doesn't feel like a shoehorned in 
you know, self-contained episode. It feels like, you know, an adventure. And we do see that Scrooge really does care for Webby a lot, which I lo- I really liked, you know? I, I love the payoff how they beat Ra as well. Oh, oh, I, we gotta talk about the reveal first. It, yeah, it's, the reveal. I mean, we find out that, oh, Ra's not real. It's like, oh, he's a puppet. And, and then you find out, oh, no, no, no. You find out that this guy has been taking advantage of these people by making them think Ra's still alive. I, I like the flashback when they said, my family tried to wake up Ra, and literally all it is just a flashback to, to Terry Payton uh, just slapping him across the face constantly, trying to wake him up. Yeah. And, and again, going back to the dark humor, there, there's a lot of dark humor in this um, in this episode where you realize, oh, shit, Ra is alive, and he's basically been using him as a, as a meat puppet. <laughs> a literal meat puppet. <laughs> yeah, he's got like bolts and gears all crammed into his back. Which is pretty dark for again, again for a Disney cartoon, and I love the fact that the when they get captured and and they're about to get sacrificed, and he's like, "Hang on, is this really a, a sacrifice? You, you have to have a high priest, otherwise it's not it's not a sacrifice." It's like, really? <laughs> no, 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 dude, look it up, look up, it's in the scroll. And then they give him the scroll, and then they they get out of the way, and he's like, "Oh man, uh, I'm glad, I'm so glad you made that you made that shit up about about the the high priest and stuff like that." No, that was real. What you wanted to die. Well, if I'm gonna be sacrificed, it better be authentic. Yeah, I thought that was, I thought that was funny. Again, I love that the I, again. Humor, you know? I, I love the dark humor in this in this in this show. I love the fact that they're not afraid to to go to go yeah. to go places that the original show couldn't dare go. Yeah. So yeah, they did the whole the man behind the curtain cliche, and fair enough, they did they, they they'd make it funny because they had a twist on it, which I thought the twist was very funny. It was very good. It was a good payoff. And then you find out, oh shit, Ra's real, and he's pissed. <laughs> yeah, because literally, like the 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 Ra body crosses a seal. Apparently, that's that's what what the, what the legend says in Hieroglyphs when they found earlier in the episode. And he crosses a seal and he comes alive. And then, sure enough, everything that they did talk about was real. And the way they beat him, oh my god, that was so funny. Oh, where they, where they where they uh, show him the sun. <laughs> They show him the sun, but then they blind him and they wrap him up in a giant burrito. Yeah, I thought, yes, there you go. There's, there's the payoff. <laughs> oh man, it was so brilliant. I love it. I, I, I love Launchpad's lie. Went, oh my god, that's so beautiful. That's the biggest burrito I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what was it? And what was, what was the other joke that I really liked? The thriller dance. Oh god, the thriller dance. That was awesome. Yeah. Oh, the um, bit at the very, very end of the episode was the bit when you see them all lining up to a taco truck and then Launch Pad is, like, ordering, like, these massive amount of food and probably more food than they need. And then, then Launch Pad said, oh, Mitzi, you can come in? Yeah, sure, why not? And everybody said, everybody, how much? He went, that'd be nine grand, sir. Wait, wait, nine grand? Oh, don't worry. He just slapped on the back and the car just falls into the guy's hand. <laughs> I-, I love the fact that when he hears that, he's like, my money! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was good. Uh, it was a very good episode. And and again, I think hands down, a lot of the great, a lot of the the comedy comes from the villagers being dumb as shit and their rebellion being so completely selfish. Because at the end of the day, they were fine with with being manipulated and living under shit conditions by an asshole. But what made them rebel wasn't the wasn't freedom. It was burritos. Yeah. 
And they, they did have that one moment when you thought they're not going to be selfish. So, hang on, this isn't about about stuff like that. This is about freedom. This is about things. So, and what do we want? Burritos. You're right. <laughs> this is about what? choice. This is about what type of burrito we can choose. <laughs> and then Scrooge says that line. He went, "Wow, this is probably the worst rebellion I've ever been a part of." <laughs> I just, I just love that and. I really like uh, uh, um, what was it the female jackal amulet I think her name was I I'm, yeah I, I I like her a lot because once she's voiced by Chris Summer and Chris Summer again legend in the business it's great to hear her again been... what 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 role role she does because I did recognize the voice uh, she was Penny in Inspector Gadget she was that's it yeah. she was Penny in Inspector Gadget she was number five in codename Kids Next Door. She was Susie in Rugrats. Yeah, I thought I recognized her voice, yeah. <laughs> it was good to see they hear her voice, because I haven't heard her voice in a long time, in something uh, new. The last thing, new thing she did was Voltron. That was the last new product she's been doing. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, Netflix, eh? not bad, not yeah. bad. <laughs> yeah, but it's been so long since I've heard her in, like, a Disney show of all things, and it's just... Yeah, exactly, yeah. I, and, I, and I know it's, like, sounding like, oh, it's nostalgia, but come on, man. <laughs> And, you know, I can't, I, you know, I, I kind of, I'm kind of one of those people where when I hear a, a voice actor I recognize, I'm like, yeah, it's good to see them getting work again. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm still waiting for Jim Cummings to turn up in, um, this shows in some sort of format, you know? Oh, he'll, he'll be in, he'll be in, but, but, you know, he'll, he has to be Darkwing. Oh, it's yeah, like, it's like, if you, if you get Jim Cummings on this show, he has to be fucking Darkwing and I will not respect, and I will not. I don't want anyone else in the role. It has to be Jim, because Jim yeah. is Jim is that character. He loves that role. If you ever go on a social media page, he talks about Darkwing Duck now and again when it gets mentioned or get brought up. I, I like. He it. talks about it. I mean, I mean he yeah. he's, he seems like a really great down to earth guy, and I'm kind of liking the fact that I'm kind of liking the fact that he's starting to do more conventions. Which you know, I gotta remember back in back in like 2008, it was like a pipe dream to get that guy to do a convention, yeah. but. Have, now it's like, have, yeah. Have you ever hit, I can't remember what it was, but someone showed me a, was it clip, was it? Um, he was doing his Robotnik voice, but he was doing Winnie the Pooh lines. Oh! <laughs> Which is hilarious. Um, but no, I, I really like this episode. You know, subplot aside, I thought this episode was really great. It helped. Um, it was a great adventure episode. It, it helped. Um, it helped develop the characters. It had great. It had great side characters, and and I like the I like the ending joke where they finally come out of the uh, come out of the uh, tomb, and then she's like, "Ah, the sun is burning. Everyone, get back in the tomb." And he just put sunglasses, ray bands on her face. It's like, oh, that's better. <laughs> Thank you for helping us see see the light, metaphorically and figuratively. <laughs> Again, I again, most of the humor comes from these people being dumb as shit, and I love it, <laughs> and I fucking love it because because we we again we we get usually when, when whenever we get a resistance um story any story with a resistance they're usually portrayed as like competent but outnumbered. Not this resistance, this rebellion, this resistance is just dumb as shit, and they're selfish as all hell, and I love it. Yeah. So yeah, this was a great episode, and uh, yeah, I'm sad to see that uh, Ducktales is going to be on a hiatus now until 
until whenever they announced that uh, the upcoming episodes. But that sucks, man. Yeah, well, if we're lucky, we might get a Christmas theme episode, maybe. Who knows? But I doubtful. Yeah. If we do get Chris, if we do get a Christmas episode, I'd be happy with that. I I doubt it because again, yeah. you, you kind of realize that with the production. With the production of this show, I doubt that they even did themed episodes. Yeah. Because this was this was in production in like what, twenty sixteen? Yeah, twenty sixteen, yeah. So it's twenty sixteen. And they got only oh, got and they and, and you gotta remember they got renewed for a second season like before the show even aired, so that's yeah. uh that's huge for them. I mean good on yeah. them. Good, good on them for, for, for and good on Disney for renewing something without before it even aired because they were confident enough that it would be a hit and they were right it is a hit yeah. and also the ratings for it at the moment have been very very steadily with, within the margin of they were expecting and um are consistent is probably the best way to put it you know i'm kind of disappointed in the fact that it's on disney xd and not the disney channel but you know it is what i reckon it is. i reckon if it was on Disney channel the views would have been a lot more yeah because... I, I know because i i yeah. Fucking hated when Disney puts on puts any show on um, XD. Yeah, because because X, not a lot of people get XD on their cable packaging. So no, <sighs> I mean the equivalent of XD is like cartoon. It's equivalent of Cartoon Network with um, Boomerang and Nickelodeon for Nicktoons. Yeah. You know? Oh, Nick T. Oh, Nickelodeon is like, oh yeah, you want the rest of the TMNT episodes? Well, they're on Nicktoons, fucker, because we're not going to air them on our main channel anymore, even though they I were actually, doing well. I've actually saw, was it, they there was it, they put advertising up saying, say, check out Nicktoons for the final episode of TMNT, Bebop, Rocksteady, Wanted, or something like that. Yeah, I saw that. Oh, okay, fair enough. I saw that literally like a few days ago. Even though that episode <laughs> came out on DVD... A month ago. Yeah, which is... <laughs> well, you know, I mean, how, it, it, how it is. It is It is what it is. And don't get me started on Nickelodeon and their terrible airing, <laughs> airing schedule because they're awful when it comes to that shit. Anyway, speaking of awful shit, depending on who you ask anyway. Oh, God. Uh, we, we talked about this, uh, I think, a couple months ago. If, correct me if I'm wrong, but... Uh, there were rumors of Funimation being bought out by Sony, and I and I specifically said that that was going to be a terrible fucking idea. Yeah. Well, I I'm I I unfortunately called it because Funimation is officially owned by Sony now. Yeah, because we did talk about this because Sony brought a large percentage of their stock share on the stock market, and it looked like they brought the rest of them, so they officially own them now. Which does suck. <laughs> so no one's gonna know what's gonna happen. I guarantee you, Sony Animation is probably gonna get get shut down. I hope so, cause that is awful. <laughs> After the Emoji Movie, they should be fucking ashamed of themselves for even putting yeah. out that crap. God, yeah, that that yeah. I, I, uh, but <laughs> but no, it's gonna be interesting how it's gonna go forward. Cause you know how stingy Sony are with their super rights and stuff like that what's going to happen with because i know crunchyroll does air the dub episodes of the shows on there so what's going to happen happen with shows that are already being acquired by funimation that are up there 
I mean, well, Crunchyroll is like their competitor when it comes to online stuff. So, and from what I, and from what I yeah. hear, from what I hear, Funimation usually puts their puts their dubs on their on their app, which yeah. I think is just dumb because no one fucking uses that app. <laughs> well, I mean, it's so limited. We're getting the difference between that Crunchyroll. Is that Crunchyroll has a whole library from different publishers and different distributors from western and eastern animation that's the whole point of it and plus it gets it gets uh it gets um anime out there faster for what for us and audiences oh yeah good yeah actually actually subbed by people who know what the fuck they're doing instead of fan subs <laughs> oh god have you ever, ever seen the quote-unquote official dub of sonic x oh god sonic swears a lot in it did they Every really, other did, sentence is like f this, f that, shit. Oh, oh, the 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 sub version, yeah. Yeah, the sub version is just horrendous. It's just literally the amount of times they swear in it is unreal. Hmm. It's especially Robotnik. Robotnik, oh my god, he swears every single other sentence. Yeah. Um. And and I think it sucks because again, I'm not a huge Funimation fan. I think I honestly think their recent dubs have been. Kind of shit, to be quite honest, because they've been getting lazier and lazier when it comes to dubbing anime that they know not a lot of people want to watch. I mean, for fuck's sake, they're, they're the same company that didn't want to dub the rest of Dragon Ball um, Kai. Because they yeah. just they just went out... God, this pisses me off. So what, so what happened with that was they dubbed most of Kai, but then when it came to the Boo Saga, they didn't dub it. They just skipped right over to Super. Which has just pissed off a lot of people, even people on the production production um, production team. I mean, they have finally started doing it now, but it's like, well, what's the point? And they only did it because Toonami pressured them into doing it. They were like, "Look, well, it, it, Toonami's logic behind it, and Adult Swim's logic behind it is that, well, you got one Dragon Ball show." Is getting a lot of views. We've got this other Dragon Ball show sitting here. We want to air that as well. We want more views. And they aired it as the final chapters, which I'm like, fuck off. Yeah. This is something that was should have came out back in, like, what, 2013, 2014? <laughs> you know? Back when it was still relevant. Back when Kai was still fucking relevant and it was like, what was it? Uh, when was it relevant ever? Kai was relevant back um, 2010, so almost seven years ago. Yeah, because I remember in 2010 it was huge. Like a lot of people yeah. were like, "Oh my god, Kai is what Dragon Ball should have been," and yada yada yada. Which honestly, I've never seen an episode of Kai, so I wouldn't know. Well, I, I say it's about Kai. Kai is, if you want to get in Dragon Ball, is probably the best place to start. Because I know what Kai is. It's a remake of the original series with better animation and. Um... Well, it's it's exactly the same animation from the original show. All they did is just upscale it and re-res it and made it um, nice and pretty for modern-day viewing audiences. I'll be honest. Um... And also, all the music is not ripped, not ripped off from someone. Oh God, I remember that controversy where the where the original composer ripped off a lot of a lot of um, a lot of famous music and Funimation Ace. when and Funimation oh. when they were dubbing the show couldn't use that music otherwise they would get sued so they had to to compose the original music and that made people go nuts 
Yeah, because um, a lot of the music he ripped off was like stuff from like Avatar, Star Wars, Transformers, ACDC, uh, Black Sabbath. Yeah, so they had to come up with their and, own score, and which wasn't and bad. Point, which wasn't bad, but at the same time, it's like I kind of understand why they had to do it. And also, when you and apparently it was going on for years. Apparently, it was like over ten years he was doing it for. And it's only recently. It was only that year he only just got caught out. Yeah, and and I again I understand like you know I wouldn't call Funimation the pinnacle of of dubbing because they put out a lot of shitty dubs recently, and I do think that they that they have this awful favoritism about them. If if an anime is like really popular and has like a cult following, they'll they'll give it a fantastic dub. But if it's something that they don't want to put any effort into, they'll just like release a horrendous dub of it, and they're like, okay, whatever, who cares about this shit, you know? Well, the, the, don't they do One Piece? Ah, <laughs> got God, me they are toning that stuff out. They don't even get. Don't remind me about that shit. They they're doing One Piece and Fairy Tale. Oh God. Oh, yeah, they're trying. Oh God. <clears throat> those are their those are their two shonen show. The, well, no, they're, they're the they have three shonen shows: One Piece, Dragon Ball, and and Fairy Tale. Yeah, the rest of the shows are owned by other dubbing companies, and honestly, like honestly, I think uh, I mean if I, if you want to go with like better dubbing companies, I think Sentai Frameworks put out fantastic dubs. I think Apex of America, Anipex of America, puts out fucking you know godlike dubs, and Viz Media does really fantastic dubs as well. And the problem, and and the thing is, is like. Back in the '90s, when Funimation was starting out, they were they were they were the pinnacle of, of dubbing because they were the only ones that were taking this shit seriously. But now yeah. we got these other dubbing companies who are doing much better jobs at them. Is it any wonder why they were bought bought, bought up by Sony? <laughs> I think Sony just wants a new animation division. That's the reason why they brought them. <laughs> And I think they're like, hey, anime's popular. Funimation is like the go-to anime guys. Let's buy them out. And I, I just, again, I'm not the biggest fan of Funimation. Like, uh, when they put out a good dub, I'll say, okay, they put out a good dub. I, I still think they're, I, I know I'm going to get so much shit for this, but if I'm going to watch Dragon Ball Z dubbed, I'm going to watch the Funimation dub. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to all the Ocean dub fans out there, but... That's my why, preferred. Why? Why? Why, why are you gonna be sorry to the ocean dub sucks? <laughs> I know, but still, come on. Oh, it's Mister Green. Oh, hello, Big Green. Uh, I'll watch. I'll watch. You know, the Funimation dub because to me, the Funimation dub is is my preferred um, preferred way of watching Dragon Ball. Yeah, fair enough. And I'm sorry for that. And and again. Again, I'm gonna get a lot of hate for this, but I'm a dub guy. I I rarely watch shit subbed, so you know. Well, that's how it goes. If you're gonna dub something, it better be of high quality, and if not, then I'm not gonna bother. I'm sorry. There you go. Because I, I I cannot stand Japanese voice acting. Japanese voice acting just annoys the shit out of me. I'm sorry. <laughs> God, you're gonna you're gonna upset all the weeaboos now. <laughs> Good going, man. <laughs> Well, you upset the weeaboos, you're going to upset all the otakus who think they're weeaboos, you know, 
you deserve oh, to. Oh no! Uh, How dare I watch anime dubbed? How dare I? Even though I I've been growing up watching dubbed anime ever since I was a kid. <laughs> you know, that's the only anime I've known <laughs> was dubbed anime. Well, I mean, you just had the well again, probably for our generation, the first introduction anime for some probably something like Piece of Cat. Uh, my introduction, uh, God, my, my, my introduction to anime was Dragon Ball, the Giver. The Giver and Dragon Ball were my introductions to anime, to be quite honest, so that tells you a lot about, about. The earliest form of anime I remember is probably Samurai Piece of Cat, Sailor Moon, and then what I really started to watch when I got into it is probably Dragon Ball Z and Pokemon. Yeah, Pokemon. God, Pokemon was huge. You guys, you guys have no idea. The people who are get, who are who are kids today have no idea how fucking huge Pokemon was back in the back in the nineties and late and early two thousands. Oh, what was it? They they just here in the UK they just released what was it the whole entire like Indigo? Um, I think it's like the first original show on Blu-ray and DVD here. And oh my god, so many people I know who grew up watching that don't even watch anime or cartoons like we do now. They say, oh my god, I got I got to get that on Blu-ray and DVD. Yeah, like, because we grew up with that, and we yeah, and, know, yeah. and we know that, and we have fond childhood memories of that, and and again, I, I know people are gonna hate me for this, but you know, for as much shit as four kids get, and they've done a lot of dumb shit, I would say that they did a good job with with Pokemon when it come when it came to their dub, and their dub is probably the best dub out of all of them. Was it? Was it? I think Mike Pollock is at the moment. He's advertised. Well, he's on his social media page. I know he's advertising the um, new Pokemon movie that's coming out. Apparently, it's supposed to be the um, retelling of the original show. Uh, did they get the original cast back though? Yes. Oh, I want to see that now. I mean, because Mike Pollock is the narrator for it, which he was the original narrator for the show for a long, long time. Yeah, it's practically almost, almost one to one, almost the all. Most of the original cast they can get hold of. Yeah, because four kids is no more, and and most of the most of the four kids actors operate out of New York, and there's the whole New York versus L.A. scene of voice acting, and it's just a nightmare. Which is amazing. Oh, which is amazing because Mike Pollock is the only voice actor in modern Sonic games who was not based off of an L.A. Did you know that? Yeah. No, I didn't. Well. Kind of a little bit, but no. When you think about it, yeah, I can see what you mean. But at the same time, the thing what I like about Mike Pollock as a person, he does not give a shit about all the politics or the bullshit like that. He just do it. He just does it because it's a job and he enjoys it. I know. I mean, <laughs> you, know, you, I like you, so you, you ask him about voice acting, he's like, yeah, no, it's 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 a good thing, you know, whatever. And and you know, it's it's it is what it is with him. I mean, and yeah. and he's not someone who 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 um. He'll go on Twitter and whine and complain about bullshit. He he knows what he's what well, he knows what he's popular for, and he knows that if he that if he um says something that'll alienate his audience, his audience is gonna get alienated and they're not gonna come back. Oh yeah, definitely yeah. Which is something I wish some voice actors would understand. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, I know you're talking about um <clears throat> um I don't know I. Yeah, I'm, I'm not even going to say. I'm not even going to say say the person's name. <laughs> I'm not even going to, because there's a couple I can think of, but I'm not going to say anything, just in case one day we do 
Let's just say that. Let's know, just say. Let, let's just let's just say all of them are going to be in a movie coming out next next uh, next year, and it's going to be a and it's based. It's a movie based on a horrible adaptation of a great of a beloved show. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think that's enough. For a big enough hint. <laughs> I think that's a big enough hint. And anyway, uh, one last piece of news before we get out of here. Um, remember that Rom, remember that Rom comic at, at IDW, um, at IDW, the, the comic that was a nightmare to get a hold of the rights for, because, you know, for those that don't know, um, Rom was one of those characters who was created just to sell a toy line, but because the, and the only, comic, but because, and the comic outlaws the, outlaws the toy. Yeah, but because only one toy was made, Marvel couldn't keep the license anymore. They they only could, they the part of the deal was they could only publish the comics if there was a toy line, and there was only one ROM toy ever produced, and because it and flopped com- and because it flopped miserably, the comic got canceled and they lost the rights and it's been an, and it's been a, a complete uh, mess until a couple of years ago when IDW finally grabbed a hold of the ROM rights and introduced them into their into their Hasbro universe. I think Hasbro got the rights to. Um, to, to ROM, ROM, yeah, 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 to to the toy rights, yeah, because originally the ROM rights were owned by the people who worked on the Action Man stuff. I think it was, oh, if I'm not mistaken. A, and that's another Could, headache. <laughs> yeah, and ROM is owned by a British company, I believe, and it was one toy, one version came out, and the comic did go on for a, quite a while afterward to stop making the toy. But when they realised, okay, the toy's not going to get made anymore. Marvel said, okay, it's got to get cancelled. They did the final storyline. It was all wrapped up. It was all nice and cushy, wrapped up. Fine. Good ending. Good run. Very unrated run, in my opinion, as well. And they brought it back, like you said, with IDW. And IDW done a decent job of it. I'm not going to lie. Um, they did a decent job. I think there are some places it could have been better. But overall, it was a solid book. And it did stuff new that needed to be done new, and they kept the stuff that worked from the original run. If I would you agree with that, I think my main problem with it is like my main problem was they introduced it at the worst time possible because the, because Hasbro has got it in the, in in their sick fucking heads that 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 people want to read people want a shared universe apparently of Hasbro properties and comics apparently. Oh god, the costume crossovers, Jesus yeah. Christ, yeah. What is and, it? There was like was and, it being like over five crossovers with Rom with different properties at the moment? Yeah, and I think it came out of the, at a terrible time because Hasbro was like, No no no, you got you have to have him crossover with Transformers and G.I. Joe and all this other shit. And I'm like, yeah. why would you why would you um why would you buy the rights only to whore him out for other properties? You know? It's, it's almost as if it's like them trying to spike Marvel a little bit. And and the thing is, is like, look, Hasbro, you know, I'm fine with you being in partnership with IDW and, and them get and them publish and them having the rights to to publish works based on your on, on your properties. But at the same time, it's like they don't have to be a shared universe, okay? Yeah. I, I don't think anyone gives enough of a shit. If if um if GI Joe and Transformers existed existed in the same universe, okay? I know I don't. 
I mean, G.I. Joe and Transformers, I can kind of understand why they do a crossover with, because it has been done before, and it was quite popular when they did it back in, like, the 90s and the 80s, so I can understand that. I know, but as a but, one-off thing, I don't want to see them, like... No, constantly, uh... yeah. Yeah, it was... I mean, it... It's sad that it's ending. It's ending on, like, 14 issues, so it didn't really get a proper, good, decent run. You got a few, well, so like, three or four, five story arcs out of it, max out of it, and you're guaranteed they're not going to wrap up everything in the final issue, sadly. Are they going to come, are they going to have some sort of conclusion for it, or is it just like, that's it? Well, apparently, all they're saying that is, apparently he's going to go out with a bang, so basically he's going to go out in a, like, big massive fight, essentially, like, there's going to be a big fight, and this man's going to resolve it so all that all that all that uh work to get the rights and and publish him again it's all for nothing apparently what do i mean it's just because this is the annoying thing when it comes to these with these crossovers and these rights and stuff like that it's at the moment it's like every single comic company wants to do crossover with each other the only company that doesn't want to do it is marvel and I think that's mainly down to who they're owned by, Disney. Well, they did uh, an Archie crossover recently. Oh yeah. oh, yeah, they did Archie crossover. But again, it's like they won't do it with any of the big, big competitors. Archie, I can understand. Archie, it's like, okay, yeah, fine. It's Archie. It's a very, very small lucrative Which is Which is company. weird because both DC and Marvel did recent crossovers with Archie. Kind yeah, of, yeah, they could have had Hardy Queen of Poison Ivy yeah, turn up in more. Yeah, yeah. I've, I read that one. I haven't read the Marvel. What, what's the Marvel one? I don't know. <laughs> it's not even out yet. If I mean, if if was it? If, if Archie's publishing it, we're not going to get it for like another two, two years or so. Even then, when it does come out, it's probably going to be out of date. <laughs> oh, what you didn't like the the issue of Jughead wearing a Don't Taze Me Bro T-shirt? That was relevant. Oh, <laughs> oh God. That's even worse when, was it Ace Ventura, Pet Detective Junior, is more in date with that joke than the Jughead joke. Don't tase me, bro. Oh, what was it, the issue about gay marriage? <laughs> oh, yeah. God, that was cringeworthy. Well, to be, be fair, at least it's not as bad as the Wacky Racers reboot. I don't want to talk about that, please. No, <laughs> I'm not, no. It's it sad that, you know, you're sad about it. I only just discovered about that, like, last week. Written by the written by the guy who wrote Sonic Colors. Not making that up. Yeah, I know. And Sonic Comics. You, the thing that annoys me with the writers of Sonic Comics. I'll get. Sorry, I'm just going to mention this one little tangent. We can get back to topic. Is that the writers of Sonic Colors? They've openly come out and said we know nothing about the Sonic franchise or its history or anything. And I'm going to be like, yeah, shit. It does fucking show. And it pisses off a few people, you know? And again, you took this property now, and you obviously show that you know nothing about it. And you're like, okay, we know who that is, we know who that is, we know who that is. Let's just merge it together and make it our own thing. And it's nothing like the original. Also, um, I think the thing that really pissed me the fuck off out of, ev- out of everything about that book was they took Red Max, who was based on the Red Baron who was a famous German World War II hero, and they made him a Nazi. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck oh off God, I, and die. Fuck I have you. Nev- I have never... Like I said, I haven't... Like I said, I've only seen clips of it. I've never seen the actual show, but I did not know that. 
Christ. Yeah. That, that, you have no idea how fucking disgusting that is. Yeah, that is pretty bad. Um, but getting back on topic... Um, Speaking of Sonic... Oh, uh, God. I, I, I guarantee you this is the reason why ROM's getting cancelled. Gotta make room for the Sonics! <laughs> yeah. I don't blame them. And funny enough, we did talk about this, because I remember I, st- I told you this, Ian Finn is not contracted exclusively to Archie. He's a freelancer. <laughs> I called it. I fucking called it. <laughs> He's gonna he's gonna be writing Sonic comics until the day he dies. I tell you that oh. right now. Oh god, yeah. The funny thing is, he does have a new original project coming out for Archie, though, which is very very bizarre. Oh, he I saw that. Have... Where a lot of people on 8chan were like, "Is this is this uh, Ian Flynn's idea of getting back at them? Because it's clearly Sonic." <laughs> yeah, pretty much is. Yeah, but again, it's like, okay, I'm gonna do to get back to Sonic. He gets a phone call from IDW. So yeah, we heard you you're very very good at writing Sonic comics. You want to come over here and write some Sonic comics with us? I don't have to stop working for Archie. Nah, we're all we're all friendly here. We're freelance. That's right up my alley. Come over, trade over. <laughs> he did it. And the thing I love about it, the artist they got as well is the guy who did the Sonic Mega Drive and the the, the artwork just before the comic got cancelled as well. It's kind of it's it's like almost as if it's like we're picking up where we slept off from. You got a new head producer in charge, but it works. And the thing is, as well, have you noticed they've been releasing promotional comics by this team who um, been working, who going to be working in IDW comic recently for to promote the new Sonic Forces game? Yeah, I saw those comics, and they are That's, okay. They're all right. They're yeah, okay. they're decent. I mean, same artist, same writer. I'm not complaining. I mean, they're they're okay way to promote the to the game, but honestly, I would yeah. rather just play the game and let it speak for itself instead of promotional material. But that's just me. Yeah, no, but those that's like the first teaser of the next Sonic thing we got got, and the biggest I think it's going to be the biggest upset um, from some people is that on the promotional art they showed off at New York Comic Con, it's the classic four characters on it, no Freedom Fighters. I guess because they couldn't get the rights from Archie, because unfortunately, yeah. Who 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 owns those rights? Is it Archie that owns the Saturday M rights? I think it's Sega. I think, the, I think it's Sega. Sega owns the rights. Sega's own the rights. So, technically, they can use them, but they have to get Sega's permission to use them. And and Lord knows that's always fun. Well, look, look, look what happened when they were trying to do, was it, for Archie was trying to do for Sonic Universe for their 50th issue. They were trying to do um, the final story to um, wrap up Sonic Underground. Oh, and Sega wouldn't give, him, wouldn't give him the rights to do it. And funny enough, if you do look online, you can actually find the original artwork for the cover of that issue. I mean, honestly, I thought that issue just—I thought that the that story arc just stagnated because I think I understand what they were going for. They were trying to adapt the, the um, Sonic uh, Unleashed storyline, but it just went on way too fucking long, and I just like, oh, just end it, please. <laughs> well, they did. They ended it, and they were trying to do this whole classic um, revolution storyline, which never got finished, sadly, with the Mega Drive stuff. Um, yeah, still, it's still quite annoying that if you're a long-time fan of that, they it didn't get an ending, which was sad, because at least Capcom had the decency to say to Archie, okay, we'll give you one more issue to wrap everything up, 
it was only one issue, but you know that's that's probably all they needed, just one issue. I mean, I I I know a lot of people hate the crossover with Mega Man. I mean, and when I say a lot of people, I mean fucking Sonic fan, Sonic and Mega Man fanboys who just cannot get over the fact that you well, know. <laughs> I guarantee you, it was those two crossover that killed the Mega Man comic. Well, no shit, no yeah. fucking shit. You know what I mean? No one won out of that because the way they did it is like, okay, you want to read part one of the story and you read the Sonic comic. You want to read part two, you read Sonic Universe. You want to read part three, you read the Mega Man comic. And I liked it. I'm one of those few people that actually liked the original crossover. The fucking Zero One? Fuck that. No, that was awful. That was horrendously terrible. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, here's a bunch of Sega. Make it, um, here's a bunch of Sega characters. Here's a bunch of Capcom characters. Do they do, deliver anything to the plot? No, they're just here to be... Um, just for fan service. And of all the characters you could have used from the Sonic Boom universe to represent this massive crossover, why did you pick Sticks? I can understand. Now thinking about it, I can understand why they use Sticks because she's the only original character from that from that universe. He but, could have. He could have had a Boom and an Archie crossover episode, uh, with with Sonic, but nope, nope. Oh god, that would have been so funny. It'd just just be the classic Archie. Archie yeah, it was in that crossover. That would have been funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think what was it? I'm I'm kind of curious to see where the where IDW goes with this. I mean, if they're gonna go with more classic Sonic stuff, okay, fine. I'm not really a fan of classic Sonic, but at the same time, well, I kind of understand why they're doing it. I mean, they all got their modern designs in the promotional art they showed off so far. And the team that they got is pretty much the same team from Archie. The only difference is, is the head the head producer of the comic, who is a new guy who just started working for IDW, but he has been in, in in the comic book industry for over ten years, so he has had had his fair share of knowledge working with, within the company. I'm just you know? cu- I'm just curious where they're going to go off. Are they going to start all over from scratch, or just going to con- try to continue from where they left off? I think what they're going to do, I think they're going to start off from scratch, but I think they're going to start off in a point when it's already pre-established and then as the comic go on, you learn about how they got all together, sort of like how they did the um, the current Turtles run. I would love to see that, honestly. I think that's how they should do it. Because I, re- I, I, don't, I think, hands down, the, the best comic IDW is publishing right now is the main TMNT comic. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. So so good. I mean, even in the crossovers they did with the with the turtle with Ghostbusters and Batman, I thought were were amazing. The only thing I didn't like about the Batman one was the fact that it was the 2012 TMNT that they crossed over with, and not and not yeah. the, not the 2003 Turtles, which ah kind of bugged me, but yeah. whatever. But, but but I will say the DC one was really good though. I thought I thought that was okay. I, I thought it was funny. Mister Freeze was, was a polar bear. God. Um, that, that was clever. <laughs> and, I, and I will say this: the the animated Batman one. The only highlight from the the biggest highlight for me was seeing Joker interact with Shredder. I thought that was really hilarious. That was really funny. Yeah, the the Joker with the Foot Clan. I thought that was just so funny. And you can just like picture Mark Hamill in in your head, like reading off those lines, which is just awesome. Yeah. 
I mean, I think that's how they, they should do it. They should take that approach with it. Like, basically, they pre-established these characters, already been around already, already known each other. But as the story go on, you see you see how they got to know each other and how they got together. Yeah. Because the thing is, if you're going to pick up the comic, you know, you're going to know who these characters are already. They've been around, they've got 25 years worth of history, you know? Oh, was Sonic 25 years old? I did not know that. Yeah. 25 years was last year, mate. <laughs> I kind of thought it was this year, seeing as they released Mania this year, but what? No, 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 no. The, the big news was for the 25th, and they announced they're releasing Mania and Sonic Forces. That's the difference. <laughs> <laughs> could have fooled me, Sega. You could have fooled me. <laughs> I know, right? I know. Anyway, I found out today was it that Sega Mega Drive 30 for, for 30 years old. Oh, really? Get the fuck out. No, seriously. Yeah. That was my first games console, by the way. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's scary. Basically, if that's 35, Sonic's only five years away from being 30. When did that come out, though? I think it came out in like um, 85, I want to say. Because I remember getting one in 1994. Yeah, because there was games that came out before Sonic the Hedgehog in it. Because I remember Mickey Mania came out like two years before Sonic um, Sonic 1. Really? I did not know that. Yeah. And then you had the Alex Kids game as well. And oh yeah, Mortal Kombat celebrated its uh, 25 year anniversary this 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 year as well. Yeah. So. God yeah, damn, a lot, a lot of shit is turning 25 this year. Weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, last year was even bigger. Cause it you had like Sonic, you had Pokemon, you had Star Trek, you had tons of stuff. Yeah. Um, I honestly am just waiting to see where where they're gonna go with this. You know, if they're going to go with more classic Sonic characters, okay. I personally would have loved if they um, if they had continued on with the Freedom Fighters, because I think they left a lot of unfinished shit there, but at the same time, I kind of understand why they couldn't do it, because, again, Archie and all that shit, and now they got to worry about republishing those stories, and that's going to be a pain Wait. in the ass. What I mean, a lot of the Sonic rights have seemed to be jumping around at the moment. It's like basically the Sonic comic right gone over to IDW, and I know the Sonic movie right, I think they've gone over to Universal now or something like that. Oh, God, I forgot that was supposed to be a thing. So I'm waiting for my Illumination Sonic movie. No, Universal owns DreamWorks, don't they? I think they Yeah, do. but they own Illumination as well. Which one, which company do you think they're going to use? I wish they would have used fucking... Uh, Here's the thing. As much as I don't like Illumination, they make fantastic animation, but everything else is about them is just so shitty. (laughs) Yeah, okay, I I can agree with that. Because animation for the Despicable Despicable Me movies is fantastic. You watch that shit, you watch that shit on Blu-ray with a high-def, you know, TV, it looks fantastic, but... Everything else about it is just not very good. I mean, I, I hope it's DreamWorks, but again, I could be wrong. Yeah. I don't. I did not know that because I, I remember. I remember Sony announced that they were going to do a Sonic movie in 2018. They lost the Yeah, Sega pulled out from that one because I think Sony waited too long to get the film made, so they're like, "No, we're taking our rights. We're going somewhere else." And after the I mean, after the fantastic performance of the Emoji movie, I don't see why they wouldn't want to they wouldn't want to jump ship. Well, again, it's like you know, it's like if if, if Sega doesn't want to stick around with Sony after the Emoji movie, then Sega goes through a lot of shit. Yeah. 
I mean, come on, man. You, that's, that's, that movie's a classic. It's such a great movie that they have to put in a fucking Hotel Transylvania short on the fucking Blu-ray to sell copies of it. Think about that. Oh, God, yeah, that's a Hotel Transylvania. It's, yeah. It's like, hey, kids, you, you, don't, you like this movie? Don't worry. You can just buy it anyway because we have a Hotel Transylvania short on it. Oh my god! Have have you heard the plot synopsis for Hotel Transylvania Three? I love the fact that it was. Per, I love the fact that it was uh, inspired by a horrible trip <laughs> that Gendy had. <laughs> yes, uh, on a cruise ship, and he meets the daughter of Van Helsing. I went, oh my god, that's going to be so funny. Because honestly, I I here's the thing. I like I like Hotel Transylvania Two. I thought that was an okay movie. Yeah. Not nothing perfect, nothing amazing, but I liked it because again, it's Gendy and Gendy knows how to fucking direct and how to and how to do wonders with with gags that um with, with what was it? Visual gags and, and visual oh, cues. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's what makes them much more stronger much more stronger in narrative than your typical Sony movie. And, I'll, and, I mean, and and again, it's the only Adam Sandler recent Adam Sandler movie I kind of like. So there you go. Yeah, that's probably the best thing you can say. <laughs> and let's be honest, come on, Mel Mel, they got fucking Mel Brooks to be in the second one, and he was awesome in that. So I really can't complain. Yeah, it was great. Um, and that's pretty much it. Uh, thanks for listening. Have a happy Halloween and stay safe. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.